Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, you lovely lot. Uh, I'm Matt Richards and welcome to episode one of Football Manager Therapy, your weekly dose of Football Manager Chatter uh, where me and my co-host will be trying to talk you through your football manager simulation addiction. Um, I mentioned my co-host. Uh, he is the Brian Kid to my Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> uh, it is none other than Tony Jameson. Evening. How are we? Hi. I, I'm. I'm all right. I was. I was. I was kind of thinking. I was like, how obscure do I go for the first one? <laughs> you know, I thought. I don't want to alienate people by being like he's the the Rene Marek to my Marco Rose. You know what he, I mean? He's my Rene like, Moulinstein. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to come up with one every week now, and, yeah. and I'm gonna run out. Of... He's my Andre Villas Boas. Yeah. So eventually, I mean, I'll become he, he the did. master, is, is what we're saying, but not really yeah, in the grand scheme think, of things. I think. I think in the. Um, the way this podcast runs, we're more of a, uh, a Roy Evans and a Gerard Houllier. We're we're not we're not assistant manager. We're 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 joint managers. I mean, admittedly, that did end quite badly, and they did sign a lot of terrible football players. So, um, so 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 the way we've got here with two managers, we're either those two blokes at Salford, yeah. right, or we're Jim Halpert and Michael Scott in the office. And neither of those worked out well as joint managers. <laughs> there, there you go. That's your first lesson about football management. People is uh, there's got to be a boss. Um, it's fine. It's it's just the way of the world. So obviously this is episode one. So we're we're kind of going to do a bit of an introductory episode uh, to to ourselves, our journey with the game, um, and uh, yeah, sort of where we are with football as well on a whole. Um, we did say that we were going to make a point of reference of when we were recording this episode. So we've, we are recording just after the FA Cup final. Um, in possibly, and again, I think this is quite misrepresentative uh, of me in the most British way possible. I had a chippy tea and watched an FA Cup final. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not really, that that paints me as like some bloody bloke when I'm not. But uh, Did you have yeah. a, did did you have you, a full you actually... pack of, of super strength lager as well? Uh, no, I should have though. I definitely should have. Did you actually watch the game, or did you? Did you? Not no, bother? no. I've, I've not. I don't, you know what? I've I've not seen. I've barely seen any of this season, to be honest. Um, been so out of sync with it. And then, of course, when we've had this, you know, little minor coffin flu fit that everyone's been having. <laughs> let's mm. let, let's sort of try and just uh, dispel it straight away. Like, yeah, like this. Uh, the whole. Project Restart thing, I've not seen it. I, I saw even less of that than I saw at the start of the season. And quite frankly, I'm know, like, eh. I, I've never been, I've never been more happy that this season's over purely based on the fact that I never have to hear the phrase Project Restart again. I, I don't know why, but I mean, admittedly, Brexit... <laughs> The phrase annoys me and Brexit in general annoys me um, in Football Manager and in real life because, as we all know, if you're managing in, in Britain 
and Brexit happens, it always goes badly for you. But when you're off in the Bundesliga, they're like, oh, yeah, they're staying in the EU. Um, but yeah, I'm, I just sure, never I'm sure in real place. life, though, it's totally going to be exactly the same, isn't it? Like, oh, you know. yeah, it'll be it'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. I can't see that going wrong. Um, but let's let's talk about the most important things about the FA Cup final. Uh, it is we were talking about it. They they stuck the singer of "Abide by Me" on the roof of Wembley. Now I know there's social distancing, Tony, but she there was genuine moments where I was kind of like looking for a safety net or a rope to make sure she was okay. But she was just on a bit of. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I expected Wembley roof to look like, but I didn't expect it to look like a shed roof in the north of England. But the thing it's is, just though, like a tin roof. But the thing is, though, like obviously, as, as you know, the social distancing has changed overnight. Um, mm. It went from from you know almost two meters to at least the height of a football stadium away from people, um, and, that, and that's where you've got to be now. If you're going to sing anthems, you have to sing them on a roof. Um, yeah, and, and and the weird thing with that is though that she she must have practiced that because you don't just turn up today. And being like, all right, so I'm getting ready to do the old abide with me. Okay, brilliant. Well, what we've got is you're going to be on the roof. I'm going to be where? Like, she's totally mm. fine with that. I've got a, I couldn't figure it out, which is probably a good thing. I couldn't figure it out if it was a pre-record or she was doing it live. It had to be a pre-record because, like, the sound wasn't very good. But the sound wasn't very good because it didn't seem like someone had turned the sliders up on the volume rather than the fact it was quite clearly very windy. And Wireless there was microphone, definitely be, it? Yeah... But um, they did the, the actually song the 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 normal anthem, <laughs> whatever the English anthem's called, um, um, and <laughs> they they. Actually... I'm, I'm, look, okay, so let's get it out of the way early on. I am a Welshman with a with a northern accent. It's it's yeah. it's a sad it's a sad fact, but it is a fact. Um, so it's I fine, and I'm and I'm called. from the north of England, and I support Scotland. So there you go. We're officially yeah, yeah, yeah. basically we don't care what your song is, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, anyway, uh, they sung your song, right? This, but this they is, had their actually, quite. I'm going to go off on a tangent as well here, right? The mm-hmm. English national anthem, and we'll make a point. The English national anthem, right, is one of the most dreary songs ever written. Okay, yeah. but everyone fucking loves it, apparently. But yeah. compare that to the American national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, where every single version is a cover version. And that whoever yeah. sings it takes it in their own little way and they go off on their in vocal warblings and all that sort of thing. You try doing that English national anthem, people would lose their minds and there'd be a riot. Yes. Uh, but have, you ever heard ja- uh, have you ever heard James Brown sing the American national anthem? It was before it was before a boxing fight. Oh, I want to say it was an it was an Ali fight, maybe. And there's just a bit where he just starts going freedom <laughs> and like getting the crowd to like go yeah or join in. He's like freedom, yeah, freedom. It's, it's amazing. Um, so I would love, but how great would it be if they got in? I don't know what a popular English pop group is anymore. So let's just say Boyzone. They're Irish, but they're whatever. Imagine if Boyzone came in, right, and um, would just sung the English national anthem. Because there's never anyone like exciting like that. There's always someone quite like classy, like they had a choir this time. But the Americans are just like, oh yeah, here's 
here's this local celebrity, local celebrity, here's this big celebrity <laughs> to sing our anthem in whatever way they want. But it's, it's still great, though. They all come up for that bit where, you know, the land of the free bit and everyone's like, Ooh. Yeah, everyone's like um, holding out for that bit. Like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. And we're yeah. just like, it's like, oh, no. Like, just, oh. All we, all we, can, we, we know what's coming next is 90 minutes of nil-nil and people getting cramp at the end of the season. It's just, oh, God, here we go again. It's a, it's a shame that Chelsea didn't win. Um, Christian Pulisic played very well before he popped his hamstring. Um, but I vote that, that Christian Pulisic sings the American National Anthem next year <laughs> before the <laughs> FA Cup final, um, as soon as he is American Soccer's new Freddie Adu. Um, actually, that's quite quite cruel because he's, no, he's a very good football player. Yeah, he's the but... new Claudio Reyna. Landon Donovan. Oh, because you know Donovan. You know, like Donovan was good, but wasn't too good. Roy like, Wegerly. Was... <laughs> Reference. <laughs> Casey Keller. You know, cool. Bra- actually, Brad. I think Brad Friedel had a for for an American in Europe had a good career, mm. but you know, like Landon Donovan was like. Everton good like and that's not a knock because <laughs> no, you know no, you're right that, that is that is a, a reference point that is totally because Tim Cahill was Everton good right yeah Julian Lescott was Everton good I don't care what he did at Man yeah. City he was Everton good Rick Harlison, yeah. is he Everton good I, but this is this is what I think makes Everton weird at the minute is that they have like actual good players not Everton good players like Luca Dean's a good player and like Dominic Calvin Lewin looks like a good player, but I mean he's the one that is at most risk of becoming an Everton good player. We've I love the way that we've alienated English people, <laughs> Americans, Everton supporters, um Theo Walcott. Theo Walcott is an Everton player. Like I've always said from day one, Theo Walcott has Aston Villa written all over him. Like everyone's going, oh, he's gonna yeah. be amazing. I was like, he's not. He's just he's gonna be average. And so it yeah. came to pass. And where's he ended up? I, Everton. <laughs> I I did. Uh, I didn't realize that Aaron Lennon was at Burnley until I, I was writing a, a tactical piece for Football Manager about Burnley. And I was like, when did this happen? And then I ended up watching Burnley in real life, which was actually really good this season. Um, and I was kind of like, where's Aaron Lennon? And it was just on the commentary, like, oh, yeah, just released him from his contract. I was like, oh. Okay, but um, I don't know why, but like Aaron Lennon as a wing back got me a little bit excited. Yeah, okay, that works. That works. Yeah, see, oh, because you know, my my brain suddenly went. Ashley Young became a good left back. This is it. Le- Leon last night in the cup final as well. I've started. We started playing uh, Maxwell Cornet at, at wing back, and he was na- he was naturally sort of like an inside forward, and he had a really good game. You know, Victor Moses, you mm-hmm. know, if we're, we're talking about the top of the top tier players. Champions League winner though, isn't he? Um, who is it for Man U? Um, oh, he used to play for Wigan. They moved him at fullback. Oh, Antonio Valencia. Antonio yeah, Valencia. they moved him at fullback. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. All right, that works. There you go. Wilfred Zaha. It, so. Wilfred Zaha is going to be Crystal Palace's right back in three seasons time. <laughs> With Yannick Valencia right. at left back. With somehow Roy Hudson, uh, Roy Hudson, uh, Roy Hodgson as manager in his nineties or whatever he would be there. God bless him. Uh, right, interesting Roy Hodgson uh, spot by the way. If you want one, um, about well, probably about a year ago or something now. Because um, people may not know this, I live in York. Um, very very lovely 
town to come and visit. Very picturesque. Don't visit during lockdown, though, because you're just taking the piss, quite frankly. Um, Roy Hodgson spotted outside a crepe stall. Just wandering about, having a lovely time. That's... It, 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 that, that actually shocks me. He does not seem like a crep man. Um, he, he seems. Uh, I and again, obviously, like you look at his his career. Um, I I I was watching Blackburn Rovers when he was Blackburn Rovers manager. But you know, he went to Sweden. He had he had a summer in Inter uh, in Milan, Switzerland. Um, he had a lot of a lot of time yeah, in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's 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 a man of the world. So he's clearly picked up his uh, his crep palette. He he built he built what Liverpool is now. Uh, yeah, yeah let, sure. let's, let's, wow. let's stir the other pot. We've already pissed off the Everton fans. Let's piss off the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> so this is all Roy Hodgson. There they go. <laughs> Congratulations on winning the league for the first time in a long time. You should thank you should thank Big Roy. Um, what a man. Um, so right, in, in an attempt to anchor this back into reality. So obviously, I, I was kind of, I actually was thinking about when me and you met for the first time because we we've been acquaintances for for a while and then accidentally just became mates i it just happened didn't it it was quite organic i think yeah yeah it was just like you just kept on popping up at things in my life and i was like oh it's it's tony hello tony um but i actually i think the first time i ever met you i came to watch your your stand-up show in in the lowry in manchester Mm. uh with with our 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 mutual friend not just on facebook but in real life as well uh, chris brooker real life in the flesh friends as well yeah, and I remember being like, I enjoyed that show thoroughly, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But do you know the bit where I was like, the bit where I was like, oh, me, me, me guard just fell then on me, my spit guard just fell. Um, the bit I was like, that me and you were going to get on was when you were doing your bit about Blythe Spartans, and you loaded it up, you were playing um, FM10, and we'll get onto this a bit later, but FM10 is like, that's the one in the series that's my my FM. And I remember just seeing that and looking at that beautiful page because it was probably in like 2015 at the time. But I was yeah, like... Yeah, it was a while ago now, wasn't re- it? Re- real recognises real. Like, <laughs> F9s? Nah, mate, we just had to have a deep lying forward um, that we had to like make sure that they had like come steeper for the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long, Kid, as long as, kids as long these as the, days. As long as the wingers cut inside, then you were okay. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, and uh, this is this is what's going to happen in this podcast. So we're going to age ourselves um, horrifically. So obviously that was the first time that we met. But what was what was the first Chapman FM that you played? So well, so uh, I suppose we, we, we'll break we'll break it now. So I, I'm forty, um, and I've played them all. So I played from the first incarnations of, of, of Championship Manager um, when that first came out on the um, on the Amiga. In fact, before that, I know it's we're not talking actual Champ Manager or Football Manager games, but prior to that, I would have done Spectrum and, and Commodore sixty four sort of management incarnations. Um, I think Premier Manager was one maybe or something, or Kevin Keegan or Graham Sooners's tracksuit shoutathon or whatever it was called. Um, and then, so Championship Manager had come out when the Premier League had started, and me and a couple of mates both all had like Amigas on the floppy disk drives, and we'd play those. And like, to be honest, we'd not really sort of seen anything like it in that sense, just 
all of us getting on board, um, swapping tactics in the back of like lessons and stuff, sketching down um, in the back of your book. The same four three three formation. Um, there was great. So Paul Warhurst, we all buy Paul Warhurst. We all buy Nile Lamptey, which of course, as we mentioned in the show, um, was the, the was basically was was the Freddie Adu of his day. Um, the Garnet and Lionel Messi for those people who are, who are far too young to to know this. Um, basically, there was a lad. He was attacking midfield, right, left, and centre. Could also play forward. He was uh, Garnet for Andelect. You could buy him. He was on the second screen of the transfer list. I remember this. He was top player, second screen. Two point yeah. one million pounds you'd pay for him. You bought him, and that was that was you for forever. Um, Aston Villa actually bought him in real life. And it was in in or around the time that Andy Cole went to Man U. So obviously I'm in the northeast, like all my Newcastle mates are getting really like sort of upset that Andy Cole's been sold. Um, and then of course, like it was either just before or just after. I can't quite pinpoint it down. But we, but Villa bought Niall Amity. I'm a Villa fan, so I'm going to say we. So we bought Niall Amity. And to be honest, I was walking around the school like. Vince McMahon swagger, you know, just like Conor McGregor off my arms are going off, just like we've got, we've got Nile Lamptey, like come on lads, we're going to win the league and just run the river and everything now. This is like it's our house, and um, it turned out Nile Lamptey was absolute dog shite um, and played about seven games for us, and then got shipped off to shipped off back to Anderlecht or something. I think he went to Coventry for a couple of games and then back to Anderlecht. He, he definitely again. went to. He definitely went to Coventry because I remember in it, him in a Coventry shirt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think I don't think there's any pictorial... This is the interesting thing. I don't think there's any pictorial evidence of him in a Villa kit, but there is in a Coventry kit. I think it might have been a cause of a sticker album, that that sort uh, of thing. I think he might have been in the sticker album, um, but I definitely I definitely remember the image of him in, in that blue... The sky blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not as old as you, but I'm not I'm not far off. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah so that, so that I was do my that was my that. first uh, introduction, and then and then obviously ever ever since then we just you know did what you do is you you buy the next one year after year after year after year after year, and then here we are now. Yeah. Paul Warhurst. Uh, I have a for some reason, and I genuinely don't know what the reason is. I have a Bolton Wanderers shirt. A match worn Bolton Wanderers Paul Warhurst shirt, which is weird because um, to sort of to explain to everyone, you're saying you're a Villa fan. I used to be a Blackburn Rovers fan, and I say used to uh, because I kind of gave up on 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 them when the the, the sale went through. And it wasn't anything about the 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 on the pitch stuff because trust me, I'd watched a lot of bad football over the years. But um, yeah, so I, I I don't know why I don't know why I have it, but yeah, it's a match worn Paul Warhurst shirt signed by the Bolton Wanderers team of that era. So if it was in the like the early 2000s, there's probably some really good signatures on there and Nathan Blake. But um, yeah, that's, Cause, cause that's, that's, cause that's the thing. Because at that time, if we're going to just keep spinning stuff back, like at that time, Bolton were basically real life football manager, weren't they? They were just like, yes. oh, yeah, we're going to sign Yardell. You're going to sign Yardell? <laughs> what Brazilian international <laughs> Yardell? Yeah, yeah, we'll get him. Uh, we've already had Yuri Jokayev. What? You've got Yuri Jokayev? What save game have you got running? They, they had Ivan Campo as well, didn't they? And, and like, Fernando Hierro. 
Yeah, it was like it was like second or third season FM save when you know when you, you do pretty well in the first year or two and then you get a bit of money and then you just go, Oh, I'm gonna just sign loads of random people but I remember Jork AF was okay for them. I remember Campo playing quite a lot for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, they, they basically got really... They, they worked the, the Bosman ruling to their advantage, didn't they? Like, they were yes. so good at, like, sweeping up on that. And I've got a feeling they just had the select scout uh, contract expiring six months, and they just sat and waited <laughs> on those. And as so soon they, as January, came, January the 1st came off, they offered them contracts and just kept going to their houses, like... Uh, hello, is, is Jalminia in by any chance? Like, <laughs> you're not getting Jalminia. Piss off! Right? <laughs> they um, there's a great there's a great bit in um, Michael Cox's book, The Mixer, um, which I recommend to everyone, especially mm. if you, you like football manager and tactics. Um, there's a chapter on Bolton and Sam Allardyce and and sort of kind of like that era of Bolton Wanderers and like how Allardyce is this throwback manager, but used a lot of like football analytics and did a lot of scouting and sort of had this approach that although the on-field stuff was, you know, hammer the ball into the corners and, and or at the head of a big man, um, uh, that he used a lot of like analytics and stats and data and stuff like that, which is great. Um, so yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're younger and going, what, Bolton Wanderers are in the Premier League and weren't on the brink of of financial collapse and a good FM save every year because you go I'm going to be the one that saves them, um, but yeah right so my right I was thinking about this because this is kind of like where where my I wanted to ask this question because I think the first one I ever had was um, this is for British people but as a reference it's like do you remember when you used to go in WH Smiths and they used to have that spinning carousel of like really cheap CD ROM like PC games. There was a Champman in there, and I think it's the one. Was it? Is it a Champman International? And it had like it was the first time it had like the five leagues, and it was like France, England. It wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like a, a Champman like number. It was just this weird addition that you could play in foreign leagues for the first time. Yeah, they I'm used pretty to, sure I bought. They used to do them separately, didn't they? So they had like um, they had like yeah. Italia, they had Spain, France, and I think yeah. they had Benelux as well. It was like. So it's like Belgium and, yeah. and Holland, and you're just sort of going, uh, all right, cool. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they, they, they lumped them all together, didn't they, for, for one? So I think that that's the first one I ever bought, but I, don't really, I didn't really get into it. And then the, the, the one that was like, this is the one, and the one that set me on my journey was um, at uh, 0102, obviously, because like, I feel like that is, the, that is the one that got everyone hooked. But... I as much as I, I did enjoy it and, and we did start sort of at school being more like, Oh, have you signed, you know, this guy here and whatever? It was actually my dad's obsession that made me way more obsessed with with with, with, with Chat Man. Um because he he would just hammer it. And again, kids, I'm gonna blow your mind here, right? We back in the day, right? You only had one PC in the whole house, and I'm not. I'm not talking about a laptop, a top, or desktop, or a phone. I'm talking about one computer unit per house that had dial-up internet, uh, and that PC in my house was in my bedroom. So <laughs> when I was studying for my GCSEs, there was countless nights where my dad was managing Carlisle, and like. I had gone to sleep because I was getting up for school the next day. <laughs> and he's still playing. 
bloody champ man um, 0102 in the corner. So, And I remember mocking him relentlessly because the, the joke became every year that I would give him the season. So like, say for instance, if 09 came out and I had a spare copy of 08, I'd give him 08 and he'd never play it and he stuck with playing 0102. Um, so, and I used to mock him relentlessly for that until... Um, football manager t- um, t- 2010 came around and then I played that for about seven years before actually getting onto the new ones and that, that's the thing I don't know though, why that when, one when but... you find one that fits it just fits doesn't it and mm. like 10 was 10 was like a beautiful beautiful game like it just like it didn't run slow like the skin was nice it was clean like I suppose football at the time was good. There was like loads of like all the the save games at the start of the, of the seasons were, were great. Like the options were really really cool. Like um, I liked um, I liked seven as well. Like sort of seven mm. eight. But again, that was that was maybe only because of the fact that that's when Villa got Randy Lerner in at the time, and so so I associate that yeah. with like Ashley Young coming in, and then then John Carew, and then like sort of Milner was sort of becoming a player that you could buy in the game, and then like. You had your companies, your Vandenborers, Craig Gordon. Like I pretty much, I can name you my team that I had. It was Craig, yep. Craig Gordon in goal, uh, Vandenborer right back, Joe Matic from Leicester at left back. Uh, I had Martin Larson I... and Olaf Melberg in centre half, but really I had Vincent Company. Um, midfield was Gareth Barry, James Milner, Ashley Young, and oh, who did I have? Um, can't remember who I had left. Oh no, I had um, and Jeannie Vinaldum. Uh, he just he just come through it in Holland, and then up front was uh, John Carew and Falcao. Uh, so and that's what I had, right? And that was just go and play with that. And Landon Donovan nowhere to be seen, right? He couldn't get couldn't get looking. <laughs> FM ten was FM ten is significant because it was the first year that Pep Guardiola was in charge of Barcelona. Like literally at the start of the game, that was his first season. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the season after. Mourinho's Inter so I remember Mourinho is Inter being the hardest team to play on that game mm. uh, but it was a great year because like Eden Hazard's just started coming through with Lille because it was when Lille were winning the league there's like a 16 year old Luca Dean you could get from Lille at the time mm-hmm. um, yeah it was just a really good year Laurent Blanc was managing Bordeaux <laughs> Because I think they, I think they won League One like around about that time. But it was a, re- it was just a great year. Also, I remember, I remember Villa being like. So I don't know if anyone else has had this, but on 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 like the last two editions for me, Bournemouth have been like not a bogey team, but a team I hate playing because they're just four four two and rapid. Yeah, Villa on t- on on FM ten were that because I think it was uh, it would have been Gabby would have been in the team, mm. Ashley Young, Milner was in the team. Ah, there's just there was pace, a few others, just I, absolute pace, just pace, counter attack. Hated playing them. Mm. Yeah, I just hated playing them. But um, all right, so follow up question on that. Then I, I'm pretty sure we've already answered this. But what what is your what's the addition that you like? That's that's the daddy of the whole of 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 the lineage, I guess. Um, I mean, to be honest, like the like all one or two is great. Like I, I've got mm. really really fond memories of that. Um, but again, maybe that's just. And I don't know whether it's it's great memories of, of FM or whether it's great memories of of like the time that you're playing it. So for me, like oh yeah. one or two, I was finishing uni, so I had loads of time to play. So I was like pretty much in and, and like loads of stuff was happening and then that like like you know we're gonna drop it on on episode one. 
or one or one. I, I remember when the towers, when the nine eleven happened. I was playing. I was playing football manager. I went downstairs, checked the news for a sandwich, um, and that happened. And I left the computer on for hours. Like it, I never touched it. I left it. Like I was. I'd started a game in the morning, went down, checked the news, and I was like, "No, that's me. I'm going nowhere." So I can attribute that to football manager. Um, the first one, obviously, the champ manager first edition, like. Even now, I can still think, oh, I could do with a little, just a little blast on that. Like, and I know it's not going to be what I remember it being, but it's still in my head. It's still perfect. Twenty seasons, yeah. all you can play, and it's just clicking, 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 click, clicking, clicking, click, and you're done, and it's fine. Um, seven was brilliant. Ten, just yeah, we've said ten's just it's a it's a masterpiece. Like, I know at twenty, don't get me wrong, twenty, I'm loving it now. Like, like. But again, maybe a bit older, looking at it slightly differently, a bit more in depth, which again, we'll talk about a bit more on the pod, like getting more in depth into what I can do and what I want to do in it. But 10 gives you that you can dip in and not be overawed with everything. It was the, it was when they started to really mm. explore what you could do with it. Um, and it wasn't going to be, you weren't going to get overawed, but you could just turn up pick your team and that's it. Or you could start tweaking with tactics, you start tweak, tweaking your training, you could start looking at sort of like assigning your scouts in very specific ways and individual player roles. And that's when it all started to just map together. And I was like, mm, yeah, right, we've got something here. This is like... I think 10 was the first one where you weigh what you envisioned could become reality, if that made sense. Whereas 100%. like, oh, one of... 0102 was great because it filled you filled in the blanks. It, it was almost kind of like obviously it was a texting. <laughs> it was basically text based adventure game, wasn't it? And like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you, you'd have anxiety about a flashing bar of color, and like in your head that like someone walked in on you playing that game and they were like, you're just watching text go really fast past your eyes, but in your head you're you're playing that scene like out and it's you know the FA Cup final and like it was great for that and like in terms of immersion I think it probably dragged you more in but the thing for me was when FN10 came around and the reason why it is my favourite is that reason that you said where like things just started to get more technical and I I, I when, it, when I remember I did about, about I think it was just under about 40 years with Barcelona which is probably not like the save to be like you know, in FM circles, like you don't go like, oh, to go for one of the best teams in the world with peak Lionel Messi and did all right. But it was like, the reason why I loved it was because I just sat there one day and went, right, I'm making a proper Dutch total football for free free because no one knew what juxtaposition or whatever the tiki tacker or whatever, you know, Pep calls it. Like at that time, it was just, that was my inspiration. I was, I was, I think I'd probably just finished inverting the pyramid by Jonathan Wilson. Mm. And one of the first books I ever read was a brilliant orange, which is obviously about Dutch history. So I was like super like obsessed with it and like creating like a, a club culture for the first time, like actually being at the helm of this, um, uh, of this club. And like, I still remember one of the, the one, the kids I had come through was, uh, uh, Helmut Zimmerman, who was German? No, but became a Spanish, <laughs> but but became a Spanish international because on on FM Ten at the time they had the licensing ban, 
And like I was naive to the internet, so I didn't know of like you know a fix for it. So him and there was another guy I can't remember his name that came through, and like I think they came like Spanish internationals at like twenty eight or something, but it scored like five hundred goals for me, and like were these amazing players. But like I remember, I think you might have have said this in the past, but like I remember that game because I waited for him to retire, and then I was like made him like coach made him assistant manager like basically built him up to be the the man to take over and then he did and it was just like you know that scene in uh incredible hulk where i'm walking away <laughs> with a knapsack over my shoulder just going that's it we've done it um but, but we've I done think, it this is it but i think that's the version when that was able to happen like as you say it got to the point when there was the game was gonna go on for long enough like the 3D match engine, as you say, filled all the blanks. It was no longer just little dots moving around. You could physically see how your team was playing and you were going, oh, I can actually make us play really nice football. And because FIFA was getting more advanced, like, and FIFA went, I think it was, you know, I actually think that's probably around the time that FIFA started to overtake Pro Evo as well and Mm. became a lot more intricate. And Football Manager then dropped around about the same time and hit the 3D match engine. And it was kind of going, oh, okay, they've both really stepped up at the same time. And this is interesting. And I could now sit and physically look at these players that I that I wasn't controlling, I had no control over at all. But I knew that if I could adjust a couple of sliders or tinker with something, it was no longer going to be just... Ping, 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 dot, 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 text, 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 text. I can now go, oh, that's a lovely through ball. Like, as if, <laughs> as if I knew. Yeah, yeah. And, and even then, like, they, they were, I think that, I think I'm sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's Ray Houghton they had was working on the animations to go, like, after the 10. They sat him down and he was going, right, so yeah, that player, in that situation, that player wouldn't necessarily react like that. He'd maybe, you know, turn his body inside and, and look to go down the channel or he'd come back and he'd play the ball back to the goalkeeper and at that point it was going oh now they're onto something now they're onto something and, yeah. and you're right we're getting to the point now where we're old enough that we appreciate what it is to be in charge and what it is to create a culture of a club and as you're saying that's again something we'll get onto later in the pod with, with something that we've set up to go forward like to now no longer just go, I'm just turning up and just having a quick blast on the game and going, it's now like an investment and it's not yeah. just a sort of, I'll have a couple of games on, on footy manager and that'll sort me out. Now it's like, I need to see if that additional weight training I've given my defensive midfielder is really paying off or whether it's slowing him down. And I'm yeah. back in the moment now where I had a few years where I was sort of, away from it still playing it but like not as intense as as i probably am back in now but now with lockdown i'm back i'm back in there i'm in the shower like sitting there going i don't believe we lost that game and i I can tell you exactly why we lost that game and that player is gonna I'm, i'm he's the reason why and there's something not quite right with where i've got him set on the pitch and i think I think he's not fit enough to do what I want him to do, and I and I'm I'm in that zone again, man. It's just I'm down yeah, the I, I'm um, in the rabbit hole. I, I went on a like like a 11k run today, 
and we were talking before we started recording and I showed you my my new tactic my strikeless tactic which was um inspired by a guy you need to follow on Twitter like everyone is is called uh, Mary Guido mm. he's uh, strikeless.com is his website and he's this crazy dutch guy who is just like a, a professor of like movement and shape on on football manager but never you know, as you could guess by strikeless never uses like a center forward uh, it's amazing um and I'd kind of been using his formation, and, and then like on my eleven like eleven k run, I'm just going okay. So I want to play, you know, a Mazala there, and then do I want an inside forward or do I want an inside uh, inverted winger? Because like and like I like for you know, admittedly it helped me with my run. I got a good I like got PB because I'm just thinking like no no I need to do I want a shadow striker or a Traquatista like what I'm a, and like you are right like it's 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 become like so much more immersive in that like in the sense that we 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 would tell you know the stories like in the past and we were kind of like oh yeah and then you know Cherno Samba was clean through one-on-one and he loved the goalkeeper and it's like well you don't know if he loved the goalkeeper now you're like screaming if you you know your defender's body position is in the wrong way um rather than that I'd also like to point out as well you you kind of just revealed it there and I I, I was curious because I've obviously been watching YouTube content but i'm a i'm a dots guy i still have the dots but then my replays are 3d animation i spotted this i spotted this about your stuff but yeah i'm i've gone for the i've gone for the for the 3d because i figure like why not it's there now isn't it like, i equate that to watching to watching tv in standard definition through my sky hd box just like, what's the point i'm, I'm paying for hd i'm gonna watch because, it in hd like i'm not gonna because I know, but I, like I want to see like the movement of my players. So I, I'll yeah, I'll select I'll select a player like in a match, and like like I did preseason when I was doing preseason before this, and like brilliantly by the way. This is genuinely not a, a bit or whatever. Like we did sort of not delay the recording, but we waited for the recording because <laughs> I had to finish a game to, before I could set up the Zoom <laughs> the Zoom call for us. She's like, it's the first time in my life I've made that as an excuse and the person hasn't gone, for fuck's sake. Like, they, you actually went, yeah, no, fair, fair enough, mate. Um, but like in pre-season, I like played four games where I would select an individual player like by clicking on their dot and then just watch his movement for the whole game. And like, I know now there's people at home screaming, going, you could do that on the bloody team analysis thing with the dot, like the, the data tracker, the heat tracker or whatever. And I'm like, I know, but I'm an old man and I'm stuck on my ways, but I, yeah, I'm a, I, I do, I, you know, I, I treat myself, you know, like if it's a good goal, I'll, I'll watch it in 3D and I'm like, oh, isn't that exciting? But I hate the celebrations. And you know what celebration I hate the most? The hands on the hips, shake of the head. I'm like, <laughs> that. That takes me out in the moment. Like, I, I've got, I've got past the Robbie Keane forward role. I, as much as it still annoys me, but that, that, like, you know what I mean. It's a European Cup final, and you're bloody late in Orient playing Barcelona, and you score a, a screamer in the ninety-third minute, and your striker runs off, puts his hands on his hips, and goes, ah, and shakes his head, like. Yeah, you you want him to be taking a- his top off, jumping in the crowd, getting the yellow card, and then be going, I've already got a yellow yeah. card, he's sent off in the 93rd minute. Like, you want that exactly. just to create carnage. Exactly, I want, I want, yeah. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Next, the end of this year, we want, I want that celebration gone. Right. Like, dear it's just, dear yeah. Miles, in FM21, <laughs> I want one possible yellow card for a, t- for a shirt removal celebration, please. Uh, 
we we are absolutely doing a podcast where where, uh, one of the episodes where we we kind of say like what we actually want from the game um that's not going to be mine (laughs) there's a lot more that i'd rather have than just just to have a fight or something like that though though pitch invader eh, maybe um right what is like we're going to move on to saves now so we've established that like, what our favourite games are. What is the one stay save that stays with you? Actually, no. Do you know what? I'm going to go first on this because yeah. it's fresh in my mind. Right. And there's two saves that st- stay into my mind. Um, save number one, 0102. I took the United States of America. Um, I didn't sing the national anthem. Um, I took them all the way to World Cup semi-final. And we lost to Portugal. Um, and because I was quite young, I was, I was a teenager... Uh, I actually broke the space bar on the family computer because Portugal knocked us out. Um, I couldn't tell you anyone that was in the team at all, but I remember breaking that space bar because for for years I had to deal with a shaky space bar <laughs> every time I pressed it. I can't remember what excuse I made. Like I, I, I probably lied really badly. I and mean, then my dad was probably just going, I know what you really did. It's fine. I understand. Um, but he, the, he probably my, my favourite to be honest. Yeah, he probably went, oh, thank God he finished the job. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the save that will stay with me for life is, <laughs> so this is what I knew I was in deep and I was never coming out. I used to, in my old office, um, which was my bedroom at the time, it was like, when I, this is when I first turned self-employed. Um, and I know I'm speaking, I'm preaching to the choir with this one. Um, but I, I sort of first went self-employed. And I went deep in football manager. But I used to have a, um, I had a chipboard like note board, and it became like you know the the gif or the meme of Charlie from Always Sunny yeah, where he's yeah. got all the ropes <laughs> and stuff. It became the football manager equivalent of that. But during that, for some reason, I just went. I am going to man manage standard Liège, which would have had yeah they had Axel Witzel and Steven Defoe at the time, and I went. I'm going to win a Champions League with Standard with only Belgium international players or Belgian players. I had Kevin De Bruyne, both Hazards, like Torgan and, and yeah. Eden. Um, I can't remember. I, 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 I think I even got Vincent Company somehow, despite him probably rolling in his grave before he signed for us because he'd been being an Anderlecht. But yeah, I, I built this, this, this Belgium dynasty and we, we we conquered the world. And I remember, and this is like so dumb. Like every time I tell this story, I'm like, I don't know why I did this, but like I wrote out every like trophy we ever won in the season. But I wrote it out and put it on my on on my board in front of me. You know, I could have just clicked a button where it would be like, no, you know, no, history, no, no, you, you can't well. click a button. You've written it out because that's what motivates you for the next season. Like you, if you can see it. Like, because every time you're sitting there going, this is stupid, I'm just playing a game, and you look and you can see what you've won, then that goes, ah, no, that's not stupid. I've put some I've put some time into this, and this is exactly why I'm doing it. I, I respect that. I, I completely my, respect that, man. I think my only regret is that I didn't have, like, pictures of my players up there as well, you know? <laughs> like, little Eden Hazard smiling at me. Like, I told you I'd get you that Ballon d'Or, Hazard. I told you I'd get you there, man. But yeah, I, lo- I, I, I loved that save. It was like my favorite save in the world, and I was on, I was on like such a terrible computer that that could barely do anything, but it just ran FM ten and and it ran the dreams of of the standard Liège fans for years, 
um, with with that homegrown team. Yeah, that sounds beautiful, man. That sounds beautiful. Like Axel Witzel used to be a, a little favourite of mine. Like to pick him up, he was a great player on that game. On he just you could just put him in the midfield. And he just anchors it and just, oh yeah, outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, him, him so, and well, him and Stephen Defoe at like the base yeah. of, of of the midfield with all those creative players in front. And of And then him. again, oh, Stephen Defoe ending up at Burnley. Like in yeah. real life, yeah. just rocking up, just like, oh, hello, I'm football manager Stephen Defoe. What? <laughs> okay, fine. He he also is is quite well known because he, he joined Anderlecht in real life, didn't he? Yeah. He went from standard to Anderlecht and then got sent off in the derby for for quite a violent act. I don't remember. I remember that video happening. But in my heart, I was still like, doesn't matter. We won a Champions League together. It's fine. Don't worry. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Right, Love what's, it. what's what? What's your save? Is is it is it the obvious one? Is it the Blythe? Yeah, it's got to be really, isn't it? Like, I suppose, like nothing, nothing's really going to compare to that. To be honest, like it sort of gave me a bit of, well, gave me a, a justification as a stand-up for six years, I guess. Um, yeah, gave gave me a gave me a tour, gave me a gave me a DVD, gave allowed me to be the what I believe is still the only comedian to have a stand-up special on Steam, um, gave me a film debut, uh, got me in a book, got me to meet a lot of cool people. Yeah, it's probably that one, isn't it, really? <laughs> it allows me to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it, it, yeah. Meant, it meant that we met as well. So, it, of course, it's got to be, it's got to be the Blythe game, man. Like, 2010, if you, if like, for people who, who are listening and, and don't know what the Blythe game is, um, it's up on up on YouTube. I've put it up there now. Uh, it's my my stand up special, as we mentioned. Football manager ruined my life, and the whole story is built around a football manager 2010 save, taking Blythe Spartans from what was Blue Square North at the time um, to European Champions League victory. 35 seasons we spent doing that, and it was the first time I'd done a full journeyman career. I hadn't intended to stay at Blythe throughout the whole time, but it got hairier, maybe two or three points where I was like, I think I'm going to lose my job here. But somehow managed to just about sort of like keep in or there was maybe one time when I was keeping in my eye going, oh, maybe I th- I'm sure I was going to jump ship to Nottingham Forest at one point. Um, and I was going to make the move and I was like, actually, yeah. And I was like, nah, you know what? No, 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 I'm going to stay. And and I think that was when I was in League One and I think I could have moved to the championship and I didn't believe enough of my team at the time. Um I think we hung mid-table and then the following season we just destroyed League One. I was like, that's why I stayed. Right? Okay, so and then we got into the championship and then sort of slowly, slowly. And um, and I, so I, I played that game for, from 2010. So in real life, I would have been 29 at the start of, the, of that campaign. I played it till I was 83 in the game. So I stuck with it. <laughs> um, I've still got it. It's on a it's on a spare laptop that is is actually in a drawer upstairs. This is this sounds really really really. Like you said about your, your your thing. This is where I think I've I've fully lost it. I've preserved the laptop because <laughs> it was on a DVD ROM, and obviously my current Mac laptop doesn't have a DVD ROM drive. So yeah, um, yeah. So I'm like, well, that laptop has to stay somewhere with the DVD still inside. So the game's there. Like part of me thinks. It would be quite cool to put it up somewhere and I like, just sort of let people have a look at it. So I'll have a little oh, look man, and see how, how we great, can do yeah. it. Um, but 
yeah, that, that was that was the best one, man. Like just some of the some of the regens that I got through because um, they were regens as well at the time. They weren't new gens, which yeah. again I'm sure we'll discuss that as this series progresses. Like regens versus new gens, um, you know, real tactics versus bought tactics or downloaded tactics or, or whatever. Um, football manager forums. We'll get into all that as as we go through it. Um, but these were these were regen guys. Uh, I had a, a player called Ian Pender, who was a centre forward, who was my club record goal scorer, and then he went went to Milan, and I was really pissed off about that. Uh, and then I got another guy called Andrew Hendry, who broke Pender's goal scoring record, then went to Juventus and came back to break the record even further. <laughs> Um, oh, that's oh, like, storytelling. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, but my favourite guy out of that whole whole um, whole career was a guy called Derek Reynolds, who was the the centre. Who was my centre half. He came in as a sixteen year old in the youth setup. He never played for anyone else. After so I tell like he had one season on loan at Middlesbrough when he was seventeen. Um, so like John Terry, apparently always played for Chelsea. Everyone ignores the the one season he had out on loan. Uh, but pretty much the same sort of career. Uh, Sixteen years old, played every every match for me pretty much since then. He got injured like about three times in his entire career. Um, valued at like thirty five million at the peak of his powers. Retired at the club, just yeah, couldn't have said more. He never wanted to leave. He never kicked up a fuss. Players came to partner him, got really good, and they went, "Oh, I want to go and play with." play Barcelona like alright fine whatever he's just like nah fine I, mm. I like living in Blythe like there's a nice chippy close by um, so yeah he was he was the man I mean Der- Derek Derek Reynolds does sound like the name of like a, a pitch side reporter for BT Sport <laughs> or Sky Sports like that is just like peak no 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 face you know no defining features reporter but then we'll ask really snooty questions to managers who are just about to play a high profile football game uh, i love that i feel like that's part of the job is being a pitch side reporter is can i wind this man up that's probably quite close to the edge anyway by asking him a snooty question um also like you just reminded me during during that thing about the juventus leaving for juventus um, and you mentioned the book before, obviously, like Football Manager Room. I like the, the the book. Um, I love that. I got it for Christmas one year because I'm a massive Ian, um, Ian McIntosh fan. It's like obviously the set pieces and then Alex Stewart doing the money ball. Like it all went from there. But I love the story about James Beatty in the takeaway in Sheffield, isn't it? With a lad that like gets emotional and Beatty turns around and goes, well, why do I want to go to Turin? They want pies like that here. Uh, <laughs> pies that they have here, there. It's like such a great story. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it, I, I, ne- I never thought about the regen, new gen thing. Because I, I just thought, I thought they were always new gens past a certain like i didn't know the point of of whatever like in my head i'm always like regens were always like a champ man thing mm. like that that because and you could i think it was probably because during those that era that sort of time period you could absolutely tell who someone was meant to be and like it's it's it was so obvious in just the way that the, the attributes were distributed whereas now it would probably be quite difficult and like obviously because like how much personalities can change traits can get picked up like it's 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 a little bit more of a a complex system rather than being like oh here's peter beardsley i'm um, talking of which one of my favorite things i've ever seen in a, um, a champ man save is i think the guy's name's dave black who is does plays championship manager like 
97, 98. Like, he's got a good Twitter account for it. But I think Peter Beasley played until he was late 40s, early 50s on one of his CM games and ended up with one pace. <laughs> but was still, like, 20 on technique or something like that. So it was just a baller for life. And I was like... I've always wanted that. That's the one thing on a football manager. You know, everyone's like, oh, I want a kid and whatever. I don't want that because my, my child would be terrible at football. Um, <laughs> I, oh, I want someone that's still good have, until have you, have like you ever had a, Have you ever had a kid on, on the game? Nope. No, I've not either. Nope. I've not either. But our, our mutual friend Jim has, um, yeah. in, in in one of his games, he got he got two. Two, like, uh, that came after successive seasons um, both Welsh and with a second nationality, Russian. Um. <laughs> I mean, that that does describe Jim quite well, though. Like that, like yeah. So what you what you're suggesting there is that he was popping off from North Wales to have an affair in Russia. I'm not suggesting anything. Two, I'm just... <laughs> two incredibly good youth products in his football team. Like, all right, okay, that's. That's that's fair enough. Like whatever. I know. They were good. They were very very good players as well. I remember he he texted me. He's like, look at these guys. I was like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know. And they're gonna, you know, who are they gonna play for? And he's like, oh, don't know. I haven't decided yet. Again, like there's there's so many like variables with it that I just like if they left and were good, I'd just be furious. Or if if I had it and then they were terrible, like you know. Are you gonna play? Are you gonna play him purely based on the fact that, like, you know, because you, you you don't want to become Harry Redknapp, like, ever in any way or form, <laughs> like, you know, but especially a football manager. <laughs> Just any way. Because shape no or one needs life. to go and sign Nico Crankia until until the last day of, of the world, financially ruin a club, and talk about uh, Jamie being one of the best players ever. Like, mate, he can barely tie his shoelaces, let alone be a pundit. Um, but that's, but, but that's the point. Wow, I really went in on Redknapp then, didn't I, man? Whoa, gosh. I did, I did. <laughs> you did. Yeah, episode one, we, we've we gone straight for Redknapp. That's, that's a big, it's a big call, yeah, man. Yeah. I did. Big call. Taking out one of the big guys I did, I did suggest that we are possibly going to do a feature on this, this podcast. This is going to lead you into your feature. Um, we, we've been speaking about putting features in, and one of the features might be English footballers that my Welsh dad hates irrationally. Um, and it, and it, and it, and top of the list, it's it is topical. Top of the list is Frank Lampard, obviously cousin of Jamie Redknapp and nephew of Harry. And my dad hates him. He absolutely despises him. And like for no reason, like he's never wronged him or the Welsh. Like if anything, you know, I. I because uh, I, I did ask him about this because there's, there's some players I push him on. There's other players that I'm just I just think it's funny because he'll just irrationally just be like, you know, go off on a tangent about Deli Alley, and I'm like, he's quite a good football player, but okay. But like with, with Lampard, he's like, it's not so much the man that he hates. It's it's the it's this everything around the man. Like he's like everyone will tell you until the blue in the face that he's one of the greatest midfielders of all time, and he's like, even though I know he's a good player. And I know he's been successful. The more and more people tell me he's the greatest midfielder of all time, the more and more I just go, no, no. And then he's also English, so yeah. But no, you know, there's there's a lot in that though because there is certain players again that I'm probably in the same boat for, and 
even then when you were saying Lampard, I was like, Lampard, yeah, like, do I hate Lampard? And I was like, I'm not sure why I would, and I'm like going through going, well, he never really, he was never really much of a knobhead. He scored a lot of goals and he was pretty good. And then I just went, yeah, there's no Paul Scholes, was he? And so I've already just, just dismissed everything he's done and just went, doesn't matter how good he was, he wasn't as good as Paul Scholes, so therefore, he can, who cares it's what Frank Lampard gets up to? It's a thing like, with him as so a manager I'm, as well, though. Like He's had two seasons in football management and, and, and got Derby County to the you know the playoffs, <laughs> beating Leeds on the way, which is impressive, and then has become Chelsea manager and taken them to an FA Cup final. And both of those, both of those things yeah. are genuinely impressive, yet I still... Blooding, blooding yeah. young players as well, like not spending, not spending much in, at Derby and nothing at Chelsea. Yeah, and then and then what he does get money signs quite interesting players like Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech, um, and potentially have, have like his yeah, career yeah. as well. And you sort of going, you're like, oh right, yeah, so oh, maybe maybe he does know what he's doing. Hmm, that's not that's but, not quite on the but, <laughs> what we wanted. <laughs> but my blood, you know, my 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 blood still boils. When anyone, if anyone suggests that he is a good manager or that he's going to be a great manager, I just, I just cannot accept that. I just get absolutely furious about it. It's weird, isn't it? Football yeah, is I, just I, weird. I expect, I expect that at some point he'll go the Phil Neville route. That's what I, that's what I hope. Like, yeah. Just go, yeah, but Phil Neville, there, that, that's probably why. Yeah, it's. I always feel a bit sorry for the Neville brothers because, like, Phil's clearly like doing better than Gary because <laughs> I mean it's not hard you know I think the only person that's ever done worse than Gary is John Barnes but like that is <laughs> man that is a dated reference um but like Gary Neville's a great pundit you know and, and and if anything I hated Gary Neville throughout his career and then when he became a pundit I went oh he seems all right actually um yeah but this is the thing that we're, we're now in a world where listening to Gary Neville is going man makes a lot of good sense actually he yeah. makes a lot of sense and you're going Oh, what's what's happened in the world? Like we're listening to Gary Neville and and going, yeah, he he knows he knows how to sort this out. He's he's actually clued up. I am. Um, I feel really sorry for 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 Gary because I kind of want him to join BT because I do feel like BT Sports like the younger, hipper, like you know, trendier. Like hey, we've got like interesting people on. Like they obviously like have uh, Rafael Hostenstein on for the Bundesliga stuff, and you're like, oh, well, you know, he's never played. He's only a journalist, and obviously the European football show you know, RIP, the legacy will always live on, you know, like, because, yeah, James Richardson, who's the king of, of the world, Horncastle, Julian Laurent, you know, Rafa um, in there as well, and you're like, oh, this feels, like, really progressive and cool, and then they cancel it, but, you know, BT feels a little bit more trendier, and the only reason it feels a little bit more trendier is because they don't have Roy Keane and Sunes <laughs> being grumpy, horrible old men that just dismiss anything other than we well, need a backbone and, and roll your socks down and roll your sleeves up and get on with it like no <laughs> like stop it like, but anyway there you go there's there's our football punditry thing um right do you want to do you want to do your bit because i know you've been dying to do this should we do our, our little game yeah i've got a game i've got a game and i'm not really one for games but it was something that we were thinking about as we were sort of trying to come up with ideas for the podcast. We we're like, so sort of right, we need some some bits, and we, and uh, and something just jumped out at me, and I thought, right, okay, so new area of consideration because Brazilian footballers are now running out of names. Essentially, you know, we all know that they all have very sort of specific naming conventions, 
Uh, names are now getting a lot more generic and average. We've got, you know, Bernard. We've got Alan. Um, Malcolm. You know? World, so, Cup, World Cup player, Fred. Yeah, like, I'm now thinking we could easily run a question of Brazilian international footballer or recognised Brazilian footballer or just a bloke. That's that's what I'm kind of working out. So so I've come up with some ideas, right, and have a little go on this one. See if you can work out wh- which is a Brazilian footballer and which is just a bloke that might do you a good deal on your windows. Okay. Okay. So, Derek. Okay. Um... He's just a bloke, Derek. Unless, unless Derek, one of, it, I was going to say, unless one on. of the E's has an accent on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have that in, in, in the Portuguese language? Uh, yeah, accent? They, they have, um, uh, there's probably the correct terminology for them that, you know, like, like Zhao Felix has got a little accent above one of the letters because yeah. that's what yeah. makes it Zhao instead of Jawo. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Derek's, Derek's a bloke. Derek, Derek is just a bloke, just a bloke, sadly. Um, could not find, and I've Googled many times Derek Brazilian and the wrong things came up. Uh, Brian. Again, it depends how it's spelled, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm not, I don't need to see it because that'll ruin the magic. Right. Um, I'm going to go with actual player. There is an actual Brian. Brian the Brazilian. <laughs> who's, he, uh, who's he playing for? Brian Brian Mascarenas, uh, okay. or, or Mascarenas, uh, as it may possibly be pronounced, uh, plays for Nautico. Get this. And this, again, like sums Brazilian footballers and probably even like our way of thinking for, for tactics, as we'll, we'll talk later on in the, in the series, right? Plays for Nautico. Attacking midfielder slash right back. <laughs> <laughs> Because of course he is, why wouldn't be? (laughs) That's amazing. He's either a number 10 or a number 2. One of those. Like, either or. Just just behind the strikers or fullback. The the Brazilian Trent Alexander-Arnold, if you will. You know? (laughs) Okay, I like that one. Brian. All right. Brian. Uh, So he's on. Derek's not, unfortunately. Uh, Steve. Oh, that's hard. Um... I'm gonna go with just a bloke. Yeah, couldn't find, could not find a Brazilian Steve, unfortunately, uh, or a Stevie. Um, so, unfortunately, yeah, neither of those possibilities came out. Uh, Michael. Yeah, definitely a player. Definitely a player, Michael. Yeah, make Michael, not Mikel. Michael Richard, presumably pronounced Ricard Delgado de Oliveira, also known as Michael. Uh, plays for Flamengo is a forward. No, under, no uh, confirmation as to whether he can play fullback or not. But Brazilian, more than likely. Give it a uh, go. So yeah. So Michael definitely. And final one I'm going to go for Jeff. Oh, that's actually tough though, isn't it? Because it could be like, oh yeah. Well, that's this is the only one that I've actually got. <laughs> like I'm actually not sure about. I'm gonna say player. Oh nah, no! Nah, never got there was there was a couple of Jeffersons and a couple yeah. of Jeffreys, um, but yeah, there they were. Like, I was hoping like a Jefferson or a Jeffrey would be like also known as Jeff, but nah, sadly not. A little bit too close, but I thought you know what, 
we, we've got there. I don't, there might, there's a couple in there, but um, yeah, so a possible possible little feature there. Maybe we'll we'll sort of revisit that a bit later down the line. Lovely. I, I, I that's not bad though. Brian, Brian, Brian's a brilliant name for a Brazilian footballer. <laughs> Just Brian. Um, I, I like the idea that that people could send in um some potential ones for us oh, as well. that, that'd be really good fun um because again it, i do love it in the game where you, you end up finding someone and you're just like why is that someone's name um but anyway uh, talking of, of 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 sort of saves and where we're going with the podcast and stuff uh we're, we're obviously it's going to be a bit of a longer episode this week because it's a bit of an introduction one um but in closing uh let's talk about our current saves so <laughs> we we mm. We kind of were like talking about this. We we're like, it'd be really good to have a save that we both sort of had some, you know, involvement with, so we could talk about it on the episodes and sort of give everyone the progress and stuff, and like everyone could follow along with. Um, so we had a couple of false starts where we did try because we were kind of like, right, let's pick, <laughs> let's pick a, a league or somewhere, a continent. I think is what we went with that we never really had been to before. So we tried South America, um, and then admittedly, I will hold my hands up here and say it was mainly me just going. I hate this. I just, I just hate it. Well, we we tried South America. We, we we're going to try MLS first of all, mm. um, and we were only going to try MLS because I decided that I wanted to. Um, I'm going to try and document my save game as we go along because obviously I'm running my Kaiser Schlauten, um save game on on YouTube, and I thought, well, if I get a second uh, see like career running at the same time, I'll try and get like a really good pun um, for that. So. My my th- my thought process was that I wanted to play the MLS, and my series was going to be called "It's Always Sunny at Philadelphia Union." And I remember texting you that for about three days in a row, going, "That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing." And you're like, "We're not doing that. That sounds rubbish, and you'll get sacked after a week." So I was like, "Right, fine. Let's go somewhere else." And you went, "Let's do South America. We'll do Bielsa Ball." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "All right, that's cool." So you know, I I took um I took Newell old Newell's old boys. And I got set up for Bielsa Ball, and, and I was going, "This is going to be brilliant." And then, what happened to you? Um, I said I didn't get I didn't get sacked, but I definitely <laughs> I, I went to Chile, um, and um, I can't remember even yeah. who it was. It was like Univar oh, to Chile or something like yeah, yeah. Like it, it was it was someone that wasn't Cola Cola, um, and I hated it. And like it just it, we just it just didn't work, and I just despised it. So. I just jumped before I was pushed. <laughs> I went no. There was there was one interesting thing that I, that I picked up on in the uh, on the South America because I've not done South America before, and that's kind of what prompted the whole Brazilian player naming chat. Cause yes. we thought about doing Brazil, um, so we looked at that and and so sort of going well, you know, maybe we'll, we'll go there. Um, on the league rules in Argentina, um, when it gives you the list of of so you get like a yellow card, then you get your red your red cards, you get banned for three games for a red card. Uh, it has on the rules 12 game ban for striking an official so that shows how regular that must happen on football manager for it to be coded in that there'll be a 12 game ban for striking an official um so i was quite happy with that but we didn't do the south american thing and also at the same time the guys on the five star essential podcast were also uh, streaming uh, new old boys and uh, Rosario, which is obviously the big derby there. So didn't want to try any tours, so they went and did that. Um, and go and check them out as well, by the way, because they're uh, awesome dudes doing some great stuff. So South America, we we bailed on. But Next then, call. but then we kind of got to this 
like point where where I, I can't even remember how it came about, but we just went Scandinavia. Like we went, it, it just came to us and staring us in the face. Yeah, because I, I think I, I've messed around with like you know as is usually the thing with, with FM is like I think I've I've done like a Michelin save because everyone has because stats bomb and analytics and Brentford and whatever, but I I never really like done a proper Scandinavian save. So we went, all right, cool. Well, let's load up Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, and then we were like. Let's try and start in a different country so then we aren't talking about the same leagues, same players, and there's a crossover. So I chose Norway and you chose Sweden. That's right, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, and the, the the idea for us with this, this save is that we win the league title in each country slash each league um, and then potentially try and get European success. But we know that, that as both of us being quite average football manager players that that might possibly never happen um i just again like i don't think we're bad at the game but i don't think i don't think we're uh, there's gonna have to be a lot of like moving parts are gonna have to align in order for this to happen like it's not gonna the, happen by accident is it the realization for me that i was like this is not happening was when so uh, i'll talk about it in a second but i'm in currently just just starting my second season um in norway and I got, I think I got like 7 million for two players who were like two of my best players. And I was like, oh, that isn't bad. And then I realized that like 7 million has essentially stabilized my club for about 50 years. And like, it's the most money we've ever had. And like, you know, I'm buying people for like 10p off the, you know, the the market. Just like, I'll have him, it's fine. Um, So I was, that realization of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, it's probably not going to be Norway. Now, I do feel like Denmark might be the league that we could potentially get European success in. I feel like Denmark's the one that's a little bit further on than, than Norway and, and Sweden. Maybe. Possibly, but I think you've got, you know, I mean, you've maybe got teams like, like Rosenberg, maybe, who've got a bit more of a sort of European pedigree and have been playing yeah. Champions League quite regularly as well. Um, yeah. I know, you know Mulder and maybe playing there the last couple of years. I know you because you've taken uh, Bodo Glimt as yep. your team, haven't you? I have. Which you know is a is a great setup, a great setup to be honest. So the reason why I picked Glimt as well was that um, I actually follow a guy called Tom Dent on Twitter, who is a coach in Football Manager for Glimt, who is an English coach. Um, that, that works out there. I think he's, I think he's an actual analyst, uh, an analyst, and a coach. But in the game, he's only a coach. But he does, um, he does like English speaking coverage of, of of the Norwegian Premier League, um, and his stuff's great. Just from a, like a you know like a analytical and tactics point of view, it's brilliant. So he actually sort of breaks down all the teams that they play in the league as well as doing his his own. Because um, um, Lars Bohinen's managing in the league as well as Stigging Bjornaby, which like absolutely just, amazing it just made me so happy when i was playing beyond a b i was like legends um so <laughs> it's been Kavama, like floating around as well then oh like vegard hegem yeah like henningberg getting back <laughs> let's just get them all in come on um but i i've, I've ended up just really loving this save because like there's a load of good young players in the team already as there is in real life um because they came runners up last year in mm. in the Norwegian Premier League in real life, which is a massive shock to that structure. Because like you said, like Rosenberg and Mould and even like Brand, uh, Brand, sorry, mm-hmm. are like 
big clubs there. So they they seem to be this sort of young, exciting club. Um, and I've kind of, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to say the same with yours, but I'm only two seasons in and I'm falling in love, Tony. I'm falling in love. <laughs> I just feel it. I just feel it. You're right. Like I'm, I'm on board. I'm in exactly the same position. Um, and again, in a very interesting way, very much in the same position because you've said there that you follow one of the coaches for Buddha Glimt on Twitter. I've chosen. So I went to Sweden, and I've chosen. Uh, and apologies to any Swedish listeners if I butcher the pronunciation of this club. Uh, I've gone with uh, with Ostersunds. Uh, who are one of the newest clubs in Sweden. They've only been around since 1996, which for me is, is perfect. 1996 is the, the, the moment of my life that music was defined. Like I was, I saw Oasis at Lot Lomond, and at that point I gave up on music, so I don't need anything else. Right? 1996 is my barometer for what is, like, if you're born before 1996, then, like, that's fine. If you're born after 1996, you don't exist. Like, it's just it's this wonderful moment like it's like the pinnacle so then Ostersunds were were invented they've played seventh tier Swedish football they're now in the top tier for uh, I think it's now the second or third year so they're not predicted to do particularly brilliantly um, there's a guy I follow on Twitter called David Priest who is the goalkeeping coach who's a British guy um, and there's again British is going to be a key thing a lot of British um sort of a history with the club. Uh, Graham Potter uh, was, was obviously previously managing there. A um, couple of players like Arsenal players have gone out and played out there. Um, really great setup. A couple of Scots. Uh, and then like, so they, they've got a link up with them, with, with Libya, uh, where they take 40 Libyan um, school kids in every year, train them up, and then they may like sort of get someone come through the ranks. So if not, then they go back, but at least they go with education. I'm like, I love this. I love the sound of this. And then I found out that some of the board of directors got done for tax evasion. Fucking, I'm in on this team. Like, I love this team already. I'm, I'm only, I'm in season one, and again, I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to, I want an Osterstunds. That's what I want to be. Like, I want to win everything with them. And then when we get to, we give ourselves a ten season time cap. I want season nine and season ten to just be. I'll take whoever's winning, and I'll hopefully win the league and fuck off to the next year and go and do that. And then I'm going back to Oster Suns um, again, and and even down to to um, we mentioned before tactically. I've gone in. I'm using a tactic I've never used before, but for some reason I went in. And I'm going right. I'm playing three at the back. I'm playing two inverted wing backs, two holding midfielders, two more midfielders in there as well, kind of just in front, and then my 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 striker. Um, so I'm in a kind of like three two three two two one. Like I don't. It looks narrow, but it looks compact and 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 we 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 press and we regroup and and I'm quite I'm quite excited by it. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I think what. I think what we what we lack in technique and and skill, we will one hundred percent make up for in effort, commitment, and just generally working harder than the opposition. And I I, I think I can see something happening with it. And I that, and I I say that quietly, but yeah. So a couple of things. Um, that's hilarious because I love the way that we've both gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
I'm probably sticking around. So that 10, 10 year time limit is getting pushed up as the episodes go on. And we're like, yeah, a hundred years. Um, secondly, I've just realised what we are. We're, we're the we're the Red Bull Leipzig's of our leagues. <laughs> And I don't think okay. that's going to make us popular. With the, with the new teams, with the young squads, with like these connections, like away from the you know the club, and people don't like the way our clubs are run because we're different to everyone else. Oh no! Like in the way you were talking about, like we're, we're kind of compact, but we press and regroup. I'm like, he's Ralph Ranick. He's ra- he's, he's, <laughs> he's going for Ralph Ranick on this. Oh no! I don't know if this makes us villains or or, or like. Or just normal football manager players, because I'm not, well. When we were looking at South America, I was going to go the Red Bull team in Brazil, but for licensing reasons, you can't be them. And I tried to get a patch for it; it was all messy and stuff like that. But like, I do feel like the, that Red Bull franchise or whatever it is is very <laughs> tailored towards like football manager players because it's essentially what we all try and do in football managers which is play an exciting brand of football with loads of young mm. cool wonder kids and and whatever um yeah so so i'm already a little bit further ahead than you um uh, how many how many league games have you got a season so we play um i think we've got 14 teams in the league we may have a couple more actually but but the, it starts with three cup games straight right, away okay. so I play one friendly three cup games and then five friendlies so I'm already out of the cup like, but I'm like oh, that's fine I'm not I'm not that fussed like, I've got bigger fish to fry I need to be in the league structure and, and sort of working on what I'm going to do it's more about fitness this season I think it's going to be just stabilising really and sort of seeing what's what and um, as I said there's a couple of guys in there that I think are going to be um, are going to do decent I've got a couple of gaping holes in the team for not just in terms of what is already there, in terms of like what the club can do, but in terms of what I want going forward. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be... And again, I don't know how you work, but my my sort of way of working is that um, I don't just jump straight on the transfer list. I don't just jump straight on the loan list. I scout players properly, um, utilise loans and, and trials. So get players in on trial, have a little look at them, try and get them four weeks if I can, so get a proper good look at them. Um I've got a director of football as well, so I'm going to use him very much in that money ball style of, of get, use the experience of crowds, get them to go, look, you know, I want to, to sort of improve this position, so who are you recommending? Get them in on trials and I'm going to look at them. So that's the kind of model that I'm using. I can't imagine I'm going to spend too much money. Mm. So I think everything's going to be loans. I don't have England loaded up on the game, which I think would have been quite beneficial. I could have got some decent loan players, but if some opportunities for... British loan players come through or German or Norwegian and, and, and Danish then obviously look to bring them in. I think that's going to help build. But ultimately I'm thinking young players, hungry players, lots of energy. Um, skill isn't important at this point, just teamwork. Uh, yeah, I, I ended up breezing through it because uh, there's only 30 games a season in the Norwegian mm-hmm. League. And I was like, oh, right, okay, whoops. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm very similar to you. Like, I didn't, I made one transfer in the first season, which was Eric Botsheim from Rosenberg, who's a bit of a 
Norwegian wonder kid. And I just kind of went, yeah, I'll just buy him. And I actually don't like him. He's got a bit of a bad attitude. So, uh, <laughs> but I'll make money on him. So it's fine. But yeah. yeah, like first season, that was really the only transfer. And we ended up finishing second, no, third, third in the end, third in the league. So we got uh, Europa League. But, um, we would have, I think we would have finished higher, but our goalkeeper was just absolutely dreadful. So I went and bought a young Norwegian goalkeeper um, for the second season, who's who's done all right so far. But like, yeah, I ended up just breezing through it really quick. But fortunately, again, like the setup for the club was pretty pretty solid. I did um, get an affiliate team, actually a senior affiliate team, which was Lille. <laughs> so oh yeah, but obviously because I've not we've not I've not loaded up the French leagues. I've literally just loaded the Scandinavian leagues. So. I don't really have not had a loan option yet, but they've obviously just had their youth intake, so there might be some mm. some some whatever. But yeah, it's been it's been pretty good so far. So the way that like I'm putting the content out will be written content. Um, it's a lot of it's on my Twitter already. There's a little thread um, linked with a, an article from an actual um, glimpse um, physio slash fitness coach. Um, mm-hmm. You're doing an actual series though, aren't you? You're thinking about doing a, some actual content series. Yeah, so I've got the I've got the Kaiserslautern series going out on YouTube at the minute, uh, and I've just moved up to twice a week on that, getting that content out. That's into season two. Uh, flew through season one on that because the plan for that was my initial introduction to to content creation. Because I thought, you know, we're in lockdown, people are going to want mm-hmm. stuff to watch. Um, let's get on it. Let's have a go. So, uh, someone on Twitter had recommended to me to do Kaiserslautern from Bundesliga 3 to Bundesliga and try and win a trophy because they have not won anything for 20 years. I thought that's quite a good idea. Uh, Breeze through Bundesliga 3, so we're into Bundesliga 2 now. So that is up on there. And then I thought, well, actually, I'm quite enjoying that. So let's get the Ostersunds stuff going on at the same time. Um, and I did manage to get a cheeky pun for episode 1, which I, I let you know about earlier on. It's uh, so Episode 1 is called Ostersunds Out, Guns Out. That's episode number one there so that's going to go on on I think I'm going to go for Wednesdays I think but maybe do once a week for that Um, so I will get some some video content out and again I'll start putting some bits and pieces out on Twitter um, which again will will sort of be our our main form of communication I think for for keeping up with this yeah Um, yeah Um, yeah, so that's kind of like the way we're, we're, we're trying to do it is that I'm doing some writing at the minute for it so currently writing a piece about how to set up in a mid block. Um, I'm also writing one about attacking with a front five um, and various other things. Like the, the one that I'm trying to do, which is super hard for the, because I'm, I'm, I'm using what culture is, is the place I'm writing for at the minute, is trying to break down how to use data analysis in the game, but trying to break that in down into an eight to 10 sort of section. Eight things you'd ever do about data analysis. Yeah, it's, it's that one's been quite difficult. So I'm like, that one might go up. I've got my own independent blog that I might put it up on, um, which I also might put bits and pieces from this game about. Because um, like I said, I, I, I did my own strikerless uh, tactic, as I mentioned earlier, based on Guido's one. So I might break that down as well. So we've kind of got everything covered in terms of like all different content. So here's some audio content. Here's some written content. Here's some smash that like button content <laughs> which you know he's gonna get bored to say it at some point um, oh like mate i hate myself man i had to i had to learn to say like hey guys how was it like hey everybody and like oh no it's not me i'm just like oh here we go <laughs> yeah um right so what is your twitter handle where can people find you so twitter is at tony jameson that's uh fairly straightforward and for the youtube stuff it is tony jameson fm 
Um, again, very straightforward. Football manager ruined my life, is it one there? And obviously, <clears throat> yeah, the YouTube stuff is at Tony Jameson FM. Um, Football manager ruined my life show is up on there for free, so you can go and have a watch of that. And then also, as I say, the Kaiserslautern save game and obviously the Ostersunds. Um, it's just going to be Ostersunds, let's be honest. We're not going anywhere near Sweden, uh, anywhere near uh, Norway or Denmark. Um, so that'll be on there as well. So uh, yeah. give those, give those, a, give those a follow and a subscribe and smash that like button. That's what they say. <laughs> oh, he's such a he's such a pro. Um, yeah, I do feel like that we should make make ourselves go to Denmark for like at least a season at some point. I've already priced yeah, we'll it up. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll get to that point. Um, yeah, but yeah. By the way, like just it, like and we're talking in real life as well. By the way, we're just like we want to go to all these cool places. Um, that's the only reason why we've picked Scandinavian teams because we're like oh. Well, good, quite like a trip to sweden and norway um right so you can find me on twitter at m richards host um yeah like i said most of my writing those of my most of my, my, my sort of football-y musing stuff is up there so make sure you follow along we'll obviously be posting up the the podcast um as it comes uh, and goes uh, as we carry on um it should be available on pretty much everything um we are uh, very thankful for Acast to be hosting us as a podcast uh, network, which we're really grateful for. Um, Apple's probably going to take a little bit longer because guess what? Apple are a little bit more difficult. I'm sorry. I'm not just saying that because I'm an Android user. I'm really not. Um, it just submitting um, stuff to them takes a little bit longer for verification. So um, yeah, make it if you are an Apple person. <laughs> an apple person i'm such an old man if you are an apple user um bear with us and hopefully that'll be coming up um and we're going to be trying to do this weekly um so obviously it's been the cup final day today um by the next week's episode uh it would we're gonna have that weird europa league champions league portuguese summer holiday party yeah which... like just full-on knockout central it's gonna be gonna be mint isn't it well i mean is is I've been watching a little bit of the MLS's back tournament because um, I was chuckling to myself because uh, Philadelphia Union are doing really well in the tournament. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I've just ruined Tony's Tony's numbers on YouTube for him there, haven't I? Um, but it's been proper wild and loads of random teams and stuff have been going through. Because obviously, like, not only are they playing through a terrible pandemic, but they're <laughs> playing in the sweltering heat of Orlando, Florida. Um, so I am genuinely, like, hoping that someone dead random wins the Champions League uh, and then everyone can just be like, oh, it's not real Champions League. But yeah, so probably by next time the episode comes out, we'll, we'll talk a bit about Champions League as well. Um, if you've got any questions for us, make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Um, and if you've got any suggestions for Brazilian names or if you want to ask me about an English football player and see if my dad irrationally hates them that is something that we do welcome Uh, but thank you so much for checking out episode one Uh, Tony thank you very much my friend Um, pleasure as always no I've enjoyed it I'm looking forward to the next one as well to be honest and uh, yeah finally it's nice to sort of finally get it up and running as we've we've been chatting about for a while so it's like yeah let's get it get it sorted I I think it's good I'm very much looking forward to to, to falling in love with Swedish football um, and obviously mm. listening to you to sort of say just how much uh, how quickly you can get that house in Norway bought <laughs> this is it it's going to turn into a Scandinavian football podcast in about six months time uh, but in the meantime thank you so much for checking out episode one of Football Manager Therapy